I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome to the first episode of the first ever LFF podcast. My name's Rihanna Dillon. I'm a film critic and broadcaster, and I'll be your guide to this year's BFI London Film Festival. This is probably my ninth LFF, and one of my favourite memories of the festival is standing soaking wet on a red carpet interviewing some guy called Damien Chazelle. He went on to pick up a few awards, no big deal, a few Oscars here and there, I went in to see Whiplash without knowing anything about it and that electrifying moment of seeing a film that you don't know much about by a filmmaker whose name you've never heard that blows your mind and makes you want to share it with everyone you know. That is the LFF that I fell in love with and I am so pleased that over the next two weeks I'll be guiding you through the 2020 edition of the LFF talking to some of the filmmakers whose films are being showcased at the festival. Think of this podcast as a guide to some of the unmissable films, how to watch them, why they matter, and a glimpse into the minds who made them. My name's Rihanna Dillon. I'm a film critic and broadcaster, and I'll be your guide to this year's BFI London Film Festival. I love going to the LFF because you can get all the glamour, like the red carpets and after-show parties and rubbing shoulders with the stars, but also... You can find yourself buried in NFT2 watching a whole programme of short films. And that's where I really found my love of short films at the London Film Festival. Now, if you've never experienced a film festival or LFF, it might seem daunting. Is it for me? Do I have to dress up? Is it only for people who work in film? Yes, only if you want to, and absolutely not. Film is for everyone, and if anything... This is probably the year to dip your toe into what a film festival has to offer. 2020 is a very weird year for everyone. Our understanding of everything has been challenged and cinema is no exception. What it means to go to a cinema, to watch a film with a crowd, to hear a filmmaker talk about the making of it. A lot of the elements that make a film festival we're not able to experience this year in quite the same way. So the festival team has entirely redesigned what a festival can look like. And the whole point of LFF this year is to bring people closer to film. So let's break down how it's going to work this year. 
There are no red carpets, but there are virtual premieres. The online screenings will start at the advertised time, same as a regular screening would, and there are Q&As with the filmmakers and stars of the film happening with most of the films. If you're late, you're going to miss it. Now, even though these are online, they can sell out. So if you really want to see something, you should book quickly. And remember, there are always tickets available on the day. So you might be able to check in just before and get lucky. All of the online premieres and Q&As will be streaming on BFI Player, which is the BFI's own streaming platform. There are also short films that will be available for free throughout the whole festival and a huge programme of events, talks, masterclasses and panels that are also available for free. Let me say that again. Free. And also available to stream globally. So wherever you are, you don't have to be in London. You can tune in to a bit of LFF and enjoy some of the incredible conversations and events that will be happening. And all of these events, these Q&As, which usually would be reserved for a small group of lucky people who managed to nab tickets, are now going to be streaming from the filmmaker's home directly into yours. It might seem overwhelming with dozens of films, events, big names, new filmmakers. So throughout this podcast, we'll pull out some of the key stories that underpin the festival. With everything that's going on, this is the year that makes the London Film Festival not just London anymore. The festival will be hosting screenings in London venues, as it usually would, and this year there will also be LFF screenings in Belfast, Bristol, Glasgow, Manchester, Nottingham and Sheffield. Reopening cinemas in times of COVID-19 is a huge hurdle, but for film fans and the festival experience, it's vital. I spoke to Joan Parsons, head of film at Queen's Film Theatre in Belfast, and Jason Wood, Home's Artistic Director of Film in Manchester, about taking the London Film Festival out of London. I think it's really exciting. I think LFF is a, is a great festival, but there's so many people that are not able to get to London or afford to stay in London or perhaps don't even really uh, know kind of it's not in their radar at all. And for us, it's really exciting to be able to bring what are, you know, a selection of fantastic previews to our audiences in Belfast, who the vast majority of which would never think to go to London Film Festival. No, of course not. There used to be a lot more touring festivals. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were very old fashioned. It would would have been 35 mil prints and and literally touring the same thing around the country. (laughs) And I think... I feel like we can do much more than that now and that's evidenced by the way that LFF has managed to adapt and bring kind of venues together to do much more almost simultaneous kind of programming and allow that freedom Mm -hmm. of choice and I think if it's possible I think LFF certainly would be welcome back in Belfast and I think it would be great to see you know something that is so tied to the capital Mm. but you know it's it's exclusive because an awful lot of people are not able to access it. And I would have thought even within London, there are a lot of people who perhaps feel like they can't and, mm-hmm. and anything that kind of, you know, makes it feel like it is by and for the people. So what has been the most exciting thing then about bringing the LFF to the Queen's Film Theatre? I think for us, it really feels like, certainly from a kind of perspective of our team, it feels like the first 
thing we've done since we reopened that is mm. you know really exciting there's so many films in it that everybody can be eagerly anticipating and in what has been such a hard period and and you know even since reopening it's nice to have stuff where you can be forward thinking and think you know this is your chance to see it now but here's when it's going to come out and here is how we can promote it and I think it sort of has galvanized everybody around the idea that that we can still be doing that and we can still be talking about the future there is no space that is clinical Mm -hmm. but we really want to make everybody feel as secure as they can but we didn't want to take away from the things that people love about QFT which is that it feels kind of like a secret place and it feels really homely Mm. so we gave all of our staff training um we did some training from screen skills and also some of our own kind of made up we did a lengthly risk assessment we all became experts in risk assessments um the only the most significant difference is at the moment we haven't got seating available in our bar area Mm -hmm. and this is just because we really needed the space to kind of spread out the queuing systems that we had to build in but um by and large the feedback has been really really positive from all the customers lots of people saying it's the most safe place they feel like they've been and lots of people feeling like you know even if they are perhaps more nervous about getting out and about that they can still come to QFT and feel super secure for us it's going to be it's going to be really great and I think it will really be bringing out like the the film buffs of Belfast because it will be something they'll be really excited about is there a film that you're particularly excited about getting the opportunity to see yes I've seen Shirley and I absolutely adore it and I think the opportunity to see that on a big screen will be pretty special and I'm really looking forward to seeing herself because I haven't seen that and everything I've read about it just fills me with joy you know when you read uh even like a synopsis and you just know it is a hundred percent in your wheelhouse yeah. it is beautiful I saw it last night actually and I wept but it yeah was, it was a beautiful film you are in for such a treat I love a good cry so that yeah. was good <laughs> <laughs> it's very cathartic especially been really simple you know it was it was a question of looking at the films choosing the ones that we felt were, were most appropriate and also choosing the films that we felt really spoke most directly to our audiences then just agreeing dates and, and getting them on sale I mean it literally mm. was one of the easiest things I've ever been involved <laughs> with because there was a collective willingness and enthusiasm to make it happen mm. you know when, when you try and partner mm-hmm. with with third parties there's normally some kind of sticking block there's normally some kind of barrier normally easily resolved with this there was nothing to use a traffic light analogy it was just a green light all the way through it, it mm. was it was perfect mm-hmm. that's incredible I'm so glad that it was so easy because as you say that will hopefully be very encouraging for other cities we found since we've reopened we reopened right, right at the start of September we reopened later than some of the other cinemas obviously we opened with a very reduced capacity we are operating a two metre rule, social distancing in the cinema screens. Mm-hmm. So we went from around 450 seats down to around 110. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we did do, we did introduce screenings in our theatre, which is 450 seats, which gave us around another 60 seats that we could sell. So, you know, people have got used to things selling out. I mean, home has always been a very, very busy cinema. Uh, mm. we, we are 
without wishing to sing our own praises, we are one of the most successful independent venues in the UK. We've always had good audiences. And the thing that we've always prided ourselves on as an organisation and the film team, but the, the organisation in general, is having a film programme which is genuinely diverse. Our whole philosophy has always been presenting films made by people who may not ordinarily get to make films for audiences that may not ordinarily get to see their lives depicted on screen. And, and the films that we tried to choose from the London Film Festival selection were films that really, really speak to that. I mean, th these are films that you would expect to see play at home, and hopefully all of these films will get distribution and they'll come back. I, I just think that a film like After Love, a debut film from Aileen Khan starring Joanna Scanlon, which, which is just a brilliant film looking at, at culture and identity, you know, that's the kind of film that home really responds to. And there, there are other mm. films in the programme that do the same. I'm a really big fan of Riz Ahmed. Um, I made a bit of a fool of myself when I interviewed him many years ago, and I think I was so <laughs> enthusiastic, it, it, it shamed him to embarrassment. But I think Riz Ahmed <laughs> is just such a brilliant and inspirational figure. Not only is he a brilliant actor and a brilliant music artist, he's an inspirational figure. Yes, he is. And home, we do a film season called Not Just Bollywood, which showcases independent films from, from India. And I know that we get really good audiences. And I think people are going to see Riz in Mogul Mowgli, which is another film which, which deals with kind of the diaspora and cultural heritage and music. And they're just going to thrill to his performance. And of course, Steve McQueen, Mangrove. Mm -hmm. Again, a film which just feels so urgent, looking at black British history in a time when we really need to focus and reflect on black British history and what black British culture has contributed to this country. And the final, I'll mention two final films because I'm very excited. <laughs> There's Time by Garrett Bradley, who I think is a genius. And I think this is one of the films that people really need to come out and discover. You know, some of these other films, perhaps slightly higher profile, slightly bigger stars, you know, slightly easier to sell tickets for. But Time by Garrett Bradley is a film that if you discover this, it will change your life. Final film is Supernova by Harry McQueen, who, oh, yeah. from my days back when I was uh, at Curzon, Harry McQueen was an usher at the Curzon Soho in his debut really? film. Yeah, he was an usher in his debut film as a film called Hinterland, which was kind of a homage to my second favourite film of all time, Radio One by Chris Pettit. And he made this kind of road movie, which we played at Curzon Soho, very successful. Harry was one of the first guests to ever visit home when we opened five and a half years ago. And his new film, Supernova, is kind of another road movie, probably painting from a broader palette. You know, Colin Firth, Stanley Tucci, who I kind of kid myself that I physically resemble. Uh, of course, <laughs> I don't really. But just a brilliant film. And, it, and it's so pleasing for someone like Harry, who has come up through the ranks. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We will link to the full list of UK-wide venues where LFF films will be screening in the show notes. So that's the cinema's perspective, but what about the filmmakers whose work is actually screening at the LFF this year? I spoke to directors Jennifer Sheridan and Yemi Bamiro, whose feature film debuts, Rose, A Love Story and One Man and His Shoes, are screening at this year's festival about what it's like to premiere their films online. Congratulations on Rose, a love story premiering at the London Film Festival. This is this is pretty big, right? Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's a little bit of a, a dream come true. So I'm still pinching myself. I've got lots of bruises. <laughs> I mean, tell me, tell me about that. What does it mean to you to have this premiering at the London Film Festival? I mean, it it basically on a really basic level, it means that I didn't totally mess up my debut which is very good to hear um, from a body like the BFI it's like oh thank goodness I didn't screw the pooch on this one Um, so yeah so that was that was a bit of a relief but obviously you know it's been a crazy year and uh, we took a few hits on the festival circuit because places like TIFF you know were reducing their programming and would send us such lovely emails saying how much they loved the film but it was just you know it was so tough and um, we just kind of had begun to accept that maybe we were just the victims of pandemic. So when this happened, it was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I'm so happy. Yeah, it was incredible. And I got to go last year with a short film for the first time. And that was incredible on its own. So to then have my feature debut there is just like all of my dreams, all of them coming true. That's incredible. So so what is your history with the London Film Festival then? Did you used to come as a fan before last year? Oh yeah I mean um, my friend Jill would always buy loads of tickets and then be like do you want to come to this? Do you want to come to this? And I'd be like yes please I will go to all of those of you and we'd just go and just like see so many films and it was just always something different and you'd never come out of a film not having something to say about it there'd always just be endless debates afterwards about what what did you think of this and you know so I I knew that it had a really great standard of films always and and loved being part of that it's always that great feeling of like jostling at that bar in the BFI and the South Bank afterwards yeah and just wanting to like pour out all of your thoughts (laughs) immediately yeah yeah I love that and the worst is when you go on your own and then there's no yeah. one to talk to afterwards and you're like, oh, so much to say. I'm a stranger there's no in one the to lobby. Talk to. <laughs> yeah. Did you see it? Or when you're queuing for the toilet? Yeah, exactly. 
huge congratulations on your debut feature film, One Man and His Shoes, premiering at the London Film Festival. What does that mean to you? It means, yeah, it's, it's, it means everything. It's like super surreal. I've been, I've been attending the London Film Festival as a fan for at least the last 12 or 13 years. And um, yeah, kind of having been like, you know, born and raised in this city and I'd always hoped to sort of like have a film at the festival. So yeah, it's pretty much everything. So Is it slightly bittersweet this year that it is a digital kind of online experience and it's not like in an NFT one, for example? Yeah, I guess there is probably a small part that, yeah, does feel a little disappointed that you know we the world is in the place that it is at the moment but it's still yeah not necessarily for me just because it's still London Film Festival it's just a different sort of iteration of the festival you know but I think yeah a a selection for London Film Festival is still a selection for London Film Festival so it still uh yeah means the world to me and and to the producers so yeah we're, we're really happy to be a part of it. It is an incredible achievement. I mean, you you said you've been coming for over a decade just as a fan. Mm. Have you got any highlights that stand out over the past 10, 12 years? Uh, I saw a film uh, in 2008 called uh, Belast. And I literally haven't stopped thinking about that film since I saw it. And wow. I think that there are, you know, I think that's one of like many films that I've seen across you know, the last sort of like decade and a bit. And for me, it's just one of the best film festivals in the world in terms of like, you know, in terms of access to sort of, you know, talks or just like selection of of films. I just think that the programme is doing an incredible job and yeah, it's up there with like, you know, the best film festivals in the world, so. You can watch Rose, A Love Story and One Man and His Shoes from the 13th of October on the BFI player. And we'll be hearing more from Jennifer and Yemi and their films in future episodes. We've spoken to cinemas, we've spoken to filmmakers, but mostly we want to hear from you. What do you think of the events? Are you excited about anything? Is this going to be your first LFF? What are you going to wear to the virtual premieres? Send us a voice note about your take on LFF this year to festival.events at bfi.org.uk and we'll include the best ones in this podcast as we go along. That's festival.events at bfi.org.uk. I'm Rihanna Dillon, your guide to LFF 2020. You can follow me online at Rihanna Dillon and join the conversation on Twitter with hashtag LFF. That's it for this episode of the LFF podcast. It's produced by Anna Bogutskaya, edited by Olivia Graham, with music composed by Frank Johnson. You can find them both on Instagram. You can subscribe and listen to the podcast on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. Just search for LFF podcast and we should be there. In the next episode, we'll be talking about some of the important stories that underpin some of the biggest films in the festival.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 